0: This is Lindsay Garl, I race slingshots, and you're listening to the Four Wide Salute Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the four wide slew podcast presented by Line Decker Racing Engines. Check out Line Decker Racing Engines on Facebook. Pop them into the search bar in Facebook and poof, there you are. On to our breaking news. I want to kick off by saying I did overlook results from the indoor auto racing championships from Syracuse last weekend. I know it's asphalt. However, I did attend the first two of the three event series. Might as well cover the third, right? So let's kick off with the results from Syracuse last weekend. TQ Midgets feature went to Ryan Bartlett over Anthony Sesley, Scott Kruder, Tommy Catalano, and Joey Bailey rounding out your top five. Timmy Buckwaller was your point leader going into the last event. However, Scott Cruder edged him out by three points, naming Scott Kruder the 2022 Indoor TQ Midget Champion. Slingshots feature went to Scott Neary over Jared Silphi, Matt Mertz, Brett Bieber, and Ryan Preville. And Brett Bieber was named your 2022 Action Track USA Slingshot Series Champion. And of course, champ cards also on the card. Missy Boots making history being the first female winner of the Indoor Auto Racing Championships over Mike Perry, John Keister, Dan Kapazinski, and Logan Krista fully rounding out the top five. And John Keister was named the 2022 Champ Kart Series champion. A couple of other breaking news items. Weed Sport Speedway has hired Joe Skotnicka as the track promoter for this year. Joe is also currently the owner of RPM Workshops and the Race of Champions Series. So congrats to WeedSport and Joe, and wish them nothing but success this year. The previously announced Kyle Larson Presents Flow Racing Late Model Challenge that is scheduled for Volunteer Speedway on April 14th now has a purse to it. So far, the event will feature a $20,000 to win top prize, along with $1,000 to take the green. And USAC Midgets, Keith Coons Motorsports announced Caden Brown, driver out of Australia, who we did see at the Chili Bowl, will be running the 97K for a 10 race schedule so far. This could fluctuate. This will kick off in April. On to our results, starting with this weekend. So, World of Outlaws Sprints Friday, Merced Speedway in California, 10,000 to win. This one was a great battle between Carson Macedo and Brad Sweet. Carson Macedo was victorious. Brad ending up in second. Gio Selzy in third. Sunshine, Tyler Courtney in fourth. And Spencer Baston running out the top five. Lucas Oil ASCS kicking off their season Friday. 49th Annual Spring Nationals Devils Bowl Speedway in Texas. Wayne Johnson, victorious over Blake Hahn, Sam Haferteep Jr., Seth Bergman, and Dylan Westbrook. Williams Grove kicked off their season opener on Friday. Four tens, Justin Peck, victorious over Pat Cannon, Lucas Wolf, Dylan Norris, and Kyle Reinhardt. And the ULMS Super Late Model Series also in attendance, with Greg Satterley picking up the victory over Rick Eckert, Jason Covert, Gene Knob and Andy Hawes. And I got to say, for all the events people have stated about the Grove and how it's kind of a choo-choo train in one lane, this track got really wide. I was very impressed. Yes, there were guys running the bottom, but there were a handful of guys running the top and making it work. So hopefully that's a good sign for things to come from the Grove this year. Comp Cam Super Dirt Series, Bama Bash, Talladega Short Track in Alabama on Friday was rained out. Schaefer's Oil Spring National Series, Tri-County Racetrack, North Carolina on Friday also rained out. This one was postponed to April 21st, so stay tuned for results on that. Short Track Super Series on Saturday. South Region Icebreaker 40, Sealands Grove Speedway in PA, 5,000 to win unfortunately did rain out. And you'll see that's a growing trend. World of Outlaws Sprint Saturday, Ocean Speedway, also in California, rained out as well. Lucas Oil Late Models Saturday's event, Indiana Icebreaker at Brownstown Speedway, also rained out. However, there were a handful of things that did go on. Lucas Oil ASCS, day two of the two-day show, Once again, 49th Annual Spring Nationals, Devil's Bowl Speedway in Texas. Win went to Seth Bergman over Sam Hafertepe Jr., Tony Bruce Jr., Wayne Johnson, and Scott Boguski. Ultimate Super Late Model Series Saturday, the Shamrock at Boyd Speedway in Georgia. Victory went to the Manitoba Missile, Ricky Weiss over Peyton Freeman, Jimmy Owens, Corey Hedgecock, and Cameron Weaver. Southern All-Stars Late Model Series, Bash at the Beach Southern Raceway down in Florida. Joseph Joyner with the victory over Billy Franklin, Ryan Crane, Austin Franklin, and Ryan Wilson. Joseph Joyner, if you guys know is from Hunt the Front, check them out on social media. They uh, put on a very good production as far as the the behind-the-scenes things go. He ended up cutting his right rear down with two to go held on for a 6th, 10th victory over Billy Franklin. So tell me, with three to go, how big was that lead? Because his lap times were going down significantly the last two laps. So that one's on flow. I believe there's a replay. Go check out the finish of that. It was pretty exciting. USC's Outlaw Thunder Tour Winter Heat Series. Saturday, 5th Annual Shoals Shootout, North Alabama Speedway. I'll let you figure out what state that's in. No Panic, Davey Furnick with the victory over Derek Hagar, Howard Moore, Dale Howard, and Brady Baker. Comp Cam's Super Dirt Series, Bama Bash, once again, Talladega Short Track in Alabama, rained out once again. Locally, Lincoln Speedway did fight through a three-hour rain delay and put on a show. And, I gotta tell you, the feature was good. Brent Marks victorious over Buddy Kofoid, Danny Dietrich, Chase Dietz, and Brandon Raymer. 358s were also on the card, win going to Matt Finley over Cody Hartlob, Frankie Herr, Chris Frank, and Jordan Strickler. And Port Royal was supposed to run as well on Saturday. Unfortunately, they did not recover from the rain in the area. On to Sunday, yesterday. So, as you know, this episode is being dropped a day late. I was in attendance for the Spring Speed Showcase at Port Royal Speedway. This was awesome. I don't care what anyone says about how long it took. I don't care how cold it was. It drizzled almost all day. And not once was the show delayed due to the moisture in the air. And we had Modifieds. We had 410s. We had Super Late Models. Folks, we had a World Finals type show at Port Royal. And I was thoroughly enjoying everything going on. On to our Modifieds. This one came down to one lap to go. And Ryan Godown blew the top in one and two. And surprise, Mikey Guler, who was leading. Ryan Godown was your winner for 5000 to win over Mike Gooler, Michael Mareska, Matt Williamson, and Matt Shepard. And fun fact that Mareska brought up in victory lane, the associate sponsors, we'll call them, on the top three finishers, Weak Archery, based out of Kuttstown, Pennsylvania, was on all three of the top ODM cars, which is pretty cool. 410 feature, had a bit of drama in this one. I'll let you guys go back and check that out on Flow if you did not get a chance to see that. Uh, Logan Wagner was not a happy camper at the end of the day. Anthony Macri victorious over Brent Marks. Gerard McIntyre in third. Danny Dietrich fourth, Lucas Wolf rounding out your top five. And your ULMS super late model feature. Back-to-back wins for Colton Flinner at Port Royal over Greg Satterley, Jared Miley, Michael Norris, and Rick Eckert, rounding out the top five. Lucas Oil Late Models also put on a show yesterday, the Buckeye Spring 50 Atomic Speedway in Ohio, 12,000 to win. victory went to the O Show, Jimmy Owens over Devin Moran, Tyler Erb, Hudson O'Neill, and Brandon Shepard. USCS Outlaw Thunder Tour Winter Heat Finale, Race 12 of 12. USCS Shoals Shootout, North Alabama Speedway, Derek Hager over Chase Howard, Diddy Franick, Terry Gray, and Brady Baker. Now, I am under the impression that this was a finale event for the 12 races. Davey Franick was leading the points going into the event and did finish higher than who was in 2nd, 3rd, 4th. I am assuming that he will be crowned the champion of this series of sorts. Those are your results. On to our upcoming events, and there is quite a bit going on. It is just about time locally for every track to be running weekly. I cannot wait. Let's start with Super Dirt Friday and Saturday two-day show, Atomic Speedway in Ohio. Ten thousand to win Friday, twelve thousand to win Saturday. I'm interested to see who goes out to Ohio. And obviously the Super Dirt guys are going to go, but will we see anyone else venturing out that doesn't have nothing else to run this weekend coming up? World of Outlaws Sprints Friday. Bakersfield Speedway in California, 10,000 to win. And Saturday, the SoCal Showdown Paris Auto Speedway, of course, in California, 10,000 to win. And I believe that caps off their three week stay in California. World About All Late Models, Friday and Saturday. I'm so these guys are probably glad to be back on the card again. Hopefully, Mother Nature plays nice. But it's been a while since the World About All Late Models have ran. So Friday and Saturday, the Rock Galt Memorial, Cherokee Speedway in South Carolina. Drydean Extreme Dirt Car Series has the two shows that are going to be made up from earlier this year are going to be running this weekend as well. Thursday at Lakeview Motor Speedway in South Carolina. And Friday, they are pairing up their event at Cherokee with the World About All Eight models. So that will be some type of combo show. Stay tuned for that. And then we have the XR Super Series, Friday and Saturday, Bristol Dirt Nationals. Boy, what a bummer the World of all 8 Model guys have to run up against these two 50, to win shows. I am not sure if it's invite only, but I can only assume we will see quite a bit of Lucas Oil guys in attendance. And USAC Sprints and Midgets, Saturday, open wheel opening day. Lucas Oil, Indianapolis, Raceway Park, of course, in Indiana. 5,000 to win for each division. And that is Asphalt, folks, just so you know ahead of time. I'm sure it'll be on flow. XR Super Series, I believe, does their own telecast. Outlaw Late Models, Dirt Vision, Super Dirt, Dirt Vision, World of Outlaws, Dirt Vision. And locally, Bridgeport Speedway, three-day show this upcoming weekend going to give you the fine details on what's going on there. So Friday, Mid-Atlantic Sprints are running their full program. There's also going to be an Underdog 20 plus Street Stocks, also IMCA Modifieds Practice and URC 360s Practice. Saturday, URC Sprints run their full program. IMCA Modifieds, for the first time ever, run their full program. Kenny Trader is supposed to be in attendance. And then also there will be the Speedsters on the card. Practice for Modifieds, Practice for 602 Sportsmen. Top two from each division will lock into Sunday's program. On to Sunday's program, we have the Doug Hoffman Memorial. 6,000 to win, 600 to start. 602 Sportsmen will be running for 2,000 to win, and also four cylinders on the card. A big three-day weekend. Enjoy yourselves at Bridgeport, and it will be on flow as always as well if you cannot attend. Those are your upcoming events. Those were your results. As always, thank you to all our followers and subscribers. Like and share the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Smash that five-star rating button on all your podcast platforms. And a big thank you to Kenny Bruce and Bill Brown Incorporated for the support. On to this week's episode. Not your typical episode. This one last year was a bonus. I made it part of the regularly scheduled programming this year. Our 2022 Sprint Car Preview, touching on your local Central PA 410 tracks, along with All Stars and World of Outlaw coverage as well. Get into a little bit of the 360 URC schedule this year with my buddy Bert Wojcik, who is now coined the voice of the URC 360s. Uh, Bert's been around the game for quite some time, very heavy involved in the sprint car activities going on in central PA. So we dive in, give our predictions on what we think is going to happen, and you know, between the Grove, Lincoln, Port Royal and the big touring series give our predictions and go from there got some interviews planned this week i will be making a special episode tomorrow i cannot wait for you guys to hear that one it'll be a couple of weeks till it comes out but stay tuned it's been a very interesting and uh, unpredictable episode because i have no idea what's about to happen tomorrow but that's that enjoy your racing coming up this weekend and uh I'll be back with you guys next week with another full, fun episode. As always, until next time, enjoy the show. Bill Brown and Company, located in Hamilton, New Jersey, has been in the printing and promotional products business since 1946. Current owner and proud Dirt Track supporter Ken Bruce has been with the company since 1987 and has continued to deliver the customer service that Bill Brown and Company has delivered since the beginning. Kenny supports Dirt Track Racing through the sponsorship of the Number 11 Modified, driven by Danny Heber, along with sponsorship of bonuses of Big Diamond Speedway and the Short Track Super Series, and is proud to be a sponsor of the 4 Wide Salute Podcast. You can reach Bill Brown and Company at 609-586-1408 or by email at kbruce at billbrowninc.com. You can also check out the promotional products, on the website at www.billbrowninc.com. This week's episode of the 4 Wide Slew Podcast, I have my friend Bert Wojcik with, and we're going to do our 2022 sprint car preview, although some sprint car racing has already started, but we can still preview a lot of stuff left to go this year. Uh, First and foremost... You know, the bad news broke after Lance won at Port Royal last week that he's not going to be competing for championships this year. I think that leaves a big question mark for some of these tracks and what's going to happen. What do you think?
1: Uh, well, that helped me with my pick for Port Royal for their track championship because I took uh, I took the upset. I took Anthony Macri over Logan Wagner.
0: Question is, is he going to be at enough shows? That's the question.
1: That's another question. I mean, because I don't – you don't know what Macri's plan, or maybe he goes down and run Lincoln because he's ranked very well at Lincoln the last couple of weeks. Yeah. it's right in his backyard, but, you know, Port has been good to Macri. It's just he's getting consistent. He's getting, you know – I think more mature, the more time he's in the, in the seed in the last couple of years. And he's not driving over his head as much as we have, what we've seen in the past. and I think the last couple weeks at Lincoln's really shown that too. Uh, but you know again, it, it, this is all based on where he what they do this entire season now. the way things are right now, you know right before St. Patrick's Day, I think that they do stay close to Port. If things stay the same, but if things kind of change, maybe they go out on the road a little bit. I It remains to be seen here, I think, you know, in the ever-changing world that we're in, Casey. But, you know, right now, if he does stay up there, I'm taking the upset. I'm taking that Macri upsets Logan Widener, and that's not taking anything away from Logan. But I, I just think that it's so hard. What's he going for, four in a row, five in a row? Five. Like, it's... Five in a row. Yeah, That that's unheard of in this day and age. And not only, you know, I always, I always give, you know, shit to like Jimmy Johnson or whatever for him when his seven cup championships. Right. But they're, to me, they're not true championships because he was only good in the last 10 races of the year. Logan Wagner being cons- like consistent all throughout the season to be able to be in that point. Same thing like Earnhardt or Petty, you know, they were consistent the entire year. So to do it, you know, uh, three times in a row is tough. Four is unheard of, and five is absolutely impossible. I feel like, but and I can't Logan Widener at all because I, you know, he's been one of the best or the most consistent car in Central PA. I feel like as well. Yeah,
0: I mean, i, I looking at the standings from last year. I mean, it's unreal what Logan Widener was able to accomplish. I mean. Macri missed a handful of races, but outside of Mike Wagner being runner-up and Sisney being third, Halligan in fourth, you're 705 points back of the point leader. You need Logan to miss two and a half shows to catch that.
1: that yeah. yeah, that's... It's ridiculous. It is. It, it really is. And, you know, good old Mike for being, you know, in second place last year, and Dylan, too. I mean that's another thing you got to look for. Dylan Sissy this year, you know they're not in the family-owned five car, still in the five car, but not the family-owned car. Right. So you know, but is he? He might be missing some shows if he's going out of the Midwest like they were talking about doing. So you know, I mean, so there's that aspect too. So is Port Royal really a two dog race between the Wagner's and maybe Halligan? You know. Who's to say? I mean, it just depends how the season plays out, though. Right. I mean, I mean, if the, I mean, that's kind of what it's turned into. If Logan, if Macri and everyone else travels a little bit more, or you know, somebody doesn't really get going here, and kind of come up here and try and nip these guys. Which I mean, I'm not, I'm not against at all. I, I love Logan. I think what they've done the last couple of years, which really brings Emco back on the map, is fantastic. But. In their sense, as I just said, five in a row is very, very tough. But out, what's the competition in Port Royal, though? Right. Think about it. If and, you look at the, look at the points, what's the competition? If they're not saying it's not good competition, but who's as consistent as what Logan is? Well, and here's the here's the
0: thing. At least from what I'm seeing from their points for last year, the All Star Show, at least the All Star shows, and I would expect Outlaw shows too. They're doing their own points for them events, so. You oh, know, really? you look at like McIntyre was in fifth, and there's a couple of nights where he only got a hundred points, but Wagner got full points. And I'm assuming they're doing full points for them shows. He made the show; he did fairly well in the feature. He won,
1: but the other he won two outlaw shows la- or uh, exactly. uh, all-star shows last year. Exactly,
0: and I think that's part of the problem. So your guys that are very good, like uh, Logan Wagner and Anthony Macri we know are pretty much going to be guaranteed to make the A of an all-star show. It's the other guys that take advantage of the handicapping and kind of need the handicapping to stay in contention. They're the ones who end up getting burned on them nights.
1: So I think think that has something to do with it too. No, I agree. I think it's all about the handicapping and, you know, what's the track like, you know, uh, honestly, I I thought, if it, the track wasn't like it was on the opener on Sunday, I mean, that's not a Port Royal surface. I mean, it's a daylight service for Port Royal, but I've seen better daylight racing up in Port Royal as well. Yeah. You know, it, it all depends on that stuff. I mean, I know Steinley, it took Stimely to have a couple, uh, couple weeks last year to really get the track going. Actually, I think it took longer than that, really, to get the place going. But it, when it when Stanley hits, it finally hits it. So you have to depend on that, the handicap, and everything that goes into it too, Casey. And, you know, it, as you said, it, it's going to be – you get the full points there on those nights with the All Stars being there, and it's all that stuff that builds up to that end of the season, and that's just where Logan just pulled away from. When that All Star probably back in April, probably clinch or helped clinch him the championship, because really he was. I mean, the All the P- Posse guys ran better with the All Stars at Port recently. More recently, they have been. Yes, but you know, it's still. Um, it's still kind of the wild card track, I feel like, because both, both the Posse and the All-Stars have been very, very good at Port. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like one of those nights where, okay, somebody up there running for for the entire point season up there, they're going to get that one win. I mean, I don't want to say we the championship, but it puts them in a pretty good spot, though, really. And that early in the season, too, we're talking, what, mid-April. That was even before, you know, um, Speed Week, and Logan's pretty much in a commanding point lead. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and and just like I said,
0: looking at this, just the top 12 in points last year, you know, Logan wins that race in April and... GMAC in 5th ended up with only 100 points, which I'm guessing is their non-qualifier points. Jared Esch, same thing in 7th. Whittle got nothing that night. And Reser in 12th got nothing that night. So right there is your big separations. And on top of it being an all-star show where your outsiders are coming in, you also have your other PA locals who show up that don't run there for points that are taking all that away from them. So it's your big separator, I think. And if Macri can manage to show up enough, I I think you're going to have a really good battle but my pick until he gets be seated i think he's going to get five in a row this year
1: i mean I, I, it's not a bad pick at all it's not and i mean i'm not it, it took a lot of me to really kind of take mackery but again i i think i look at how hard it is to do five in a row oh, it yeah. is but it's the consistency factor you go back on too and yeah. that you know Logan's been consistent. Uh, the mo- I, I think, probably the most consistent car in Pennsylvania. Um, when he, when he uh, outside of Deweese when Deweese doesn't run, but even Deweese has kind of been kind of iffy the last uh, year or so outside the Grove. But still, I mean, it, there's no one been more consistent. I feel like than Logan. Maybe Freddie down in Lincoln. Outside of that, not really. But Macri, if if he, as long as he doesn't drive over his head. I feel like, the, and he runs Port Royal, depending how many shows he runs, this is going to be a Donny Brook up there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Logan's at the point now, we know they don't take that car a lot of other places. They did run a handful of Speed Week shows in the last couple of years, but they do not venture out. They don't go run Lincoln. They don't go run the Grove a whole lot. They stick to their home base and they focus on perfecting their craft on a Saturday night in Port Royal. And I think it's paid off the last four years and it's going to happen again. I have a feeling. Yeah, I, I think so too. On to the other Saturday night joint. Let's talk Lincoln. So, you know, after two races in the books now, I'll tell you what that eight car looks pretty sharp.
1: <laughs> I love Billy's car. I think it's so nice. Like it might be probably my favorite car out there right now. So beautiful. Like it, it just matches so well. Oh, it yeah. really does. I had to
0: touch on it because it's 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 the ultimate paint scheme. It looks so great. And then there's the and then there's the other eight car who's looked really fast out of the gate this
1: year in Little Freddie. Yeah. Yeah, I oh I forget. Yeah, we have two eight cars to think about. For some reason, I was thinking the fifty-one. Whoops. Anyway, uh, yeah, Freddie is uh, Freddie's looking good. I mean, him and Eichelberger—they've really kind of clicked already to start the year off, and that's that. And I think it's going to be a great thing for Freddie. Honestly, um, you know, it's kind of we're not seeing him, and that's why for some reason I was thinking about the 51 here because, you know, I assume Freddie with the 51 it's still taking some time to know that he's in a different car with Rich Eichelberger and I mean, I know his old man still has an input on it but, you know, you're not going to find many people that work as hard as what Freddie, Freddie Raymer is. You know, this kid is at the shop you know, a couple nights a week, busting his ass and trying to get this car prepared. I mean, they're, everyone busts their ass, but Freddie, for some reason, it just seems like, like he's so much more meticulous, I feel like, than a lot of these other guys out there. I mean, but they all put the work in, don't get me wrong on that. But, you know... Freddie's put in the work on a brand new car and it's paying off early. You know, look at that icebreaker when a fantastic drive for Freddie to come out from third and, you know, had to hold off, uh, you know, Macri and also Brent Marks and, you know, who would know if he got a late race caution, maybe Dietrich could have got, or didn't get the late race caution. Maybe Dietrich could have got out there as well. Yeah. Um, cause he was flying during the icebreaker. Was it 16th to 4th? That was a lot of fun to watch. Yes. But you know, Freddie is made a statement at the icebreaker and, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put last week in too much of a uh, uh, a challenge for this or for the contention for this year yet no. but it's also showing that, you know, two weeks in a row that there is a lot of passing down Lincoln. So it's going to be tight down there this year, but I do think Freddie's probably going to go out there and get track championship down there.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think so too. Again, your contenders, normally Danny, we know Danny's going to do a lot of traveling. It happens mm-hmm. every year. Brent Marks is not going to be around to, to run a whole lot of Lincoln schedule either. And after the first two point races, I mean, you know, you mentioned Macri, I think he goes to Port. I don't think he sticks around Lincoln. And then you go down the list, and it's Dietrich, Marks, Kofoid's not going to be around. Stutz is hanging in there, but he got minimal points for the opener. So then it's mm-hmm. kind of just very tight in the points so far, and there's a lot of variables to look at. And you also had a lot of invaders show up that, again, threw a kink into things. So I think it's a little. Early yet to see where it's going, but again, Freddie's the guy to beat there, and I think that's the direction it's looking. Again,
1: I, I think so. I mean, think about this. I mean, you know, yeah, where Alan Crimes hasn't had great draws to start the year off either, right? Um. What's uh What's Matt Campbell going to do in the Ron Rutherford car too when that comes out? You know, where are they going to pick and choose? Are they going to be Grove only, are they going to be just? Are they going to do Lincoln only? Are they going to go at the port? You know, they're going to probably jump around. So really, again, you're looking at a two dog race, and you don't have the twenty one car no. this year. You know, that and that's. I would have thought they would have brought Dominic in, or Jerry would have brought Dominic in for at least the icebreaker, but, God, it is so weird not seeing the 21 Premier car out there, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and I wasn't going to touch on it this early, but you brought it up. That is, God, I'd love to know when the last time that car was not on the track at Lincoln on a consistent basis. God, it's years and years and years. But it's Probably before even Monteith was probably even driving. Yeah. It's got to be. It's so strange not to see that car. And, you know, we're seeing it in the Modifieds now with a couple of cars that we may not see as much anymore. And it's the changing of the times and everything else. But on the flip side of that, I think there's some younger guys that are running now that I think are going to make their, their statement this year. I think guys like T. Ross and Moody and mm-hmm. Aaron Bollinger, I think, is an X factor that gets overlooked a little bit any time he goes out and the car's set up right and the track's right he is super fast and i I think he's going to end up with a winner too this year at lincoln as well
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not opposed to that. Seeing Aaron go out there, go to win. You know, a a kid I I talked to down at Motorsports a little bit, and uh, they seem excited for the at Lincoln this year. And they feel like that they got a decent program, and I feel like that they put together some good starts already this season. And uh, you know, it's hard to go off the first two weeks because you know the heats have been okay at best. But when that track comes in, I mean, then you really can kind of see who the contenders are. But you know, you're not going to have that track every week where you know you can have all that passing. So it's going to be all about you know how your draw is going to go, how you get in handy cap as well but Bollinger yes I agree I think he'll get at least one or two wins this year I like T Ross uh, to get at least a win down there he's always good for one win I wouldn't mind him see or he'll probably get another URC win again uh, as he did down in Georgetown back in uh, August yep. or September last year so I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that if I you know am looking down the road here past Lincoln but uh, Chase Deeds again yeah good run last weekend um you know got that third place finish led a good bit of that race there um but Macri was just way too much much better than he was on that uh, end of that race.
0: And the battle that Dietz and Stutz put on was phenomenal. And again, with the guys who were there, I mean, PPM was in the house. Skylar G was there. Peck was there. All these big-name guys that tore. And you have guys like Stutz and Dietz putting on a show for the top spot was awesome, awesome to
1: see. Casey, think about this. When was the last time at the beginning of March that we had 41 cars in Pennsylvania? 41 cars. Dude, it's nuts. That's insane. It is. It was nuts. I loved it.
0: It was, um, (laughs) and you know what? The guys who weren't there were in Texas with the outlaws. So you had guys Mm -hmm. that weren't at Lincoln that possibly could have showed up, Um, you know, had the outlaw stop not been kind of closer than California, but to see guys like KTJ show up too, that was really cool.
1: And, um, well, the one that and he, he ran, ran well. Yeah. He ran very well. KTJ, we had him on the High Side Hustle, the, uh, um, the thursday before yeah and you know he's all worried oh you know i'm coming to pa you know i always felt good in here a wingless car but i don't know what they expect there in a wing car he comes out when it's heat down there with also by the way the steering breaking in the car in his Mm. heat Mm -hmm. uh and then also it breaking again in the feature and um you know we were talking about the race he said you know honestly if that if the steering didn't break on it I probably had a top 10 car, and he did. He had a top 10 car and for his first trip into PA, the Lincoln nonetheless, and that's not an easy place to get around. No. And KTJ, I tell you what, he looked really good in here at Central PA. For a daylight service on a, a, a track he doesn't have much experience at. That was freaking awesome.
0: Well, and now he's going to have an experienced teammate to uh, and Scott Baguski to leverage for some information and maybe some guidance, and I think that's only going to make him better. So uh, no, and then you know Zeb Wise in the house, all these guys. It was almost like a makeshift dirt classic field. Uh, it was insane. I like it. Yeah, <clears throat> it was really good. So. Uh, yeah let's move on to the grove so again we're not going to see lance on the tour this year unfortunately but um i think that might leave things open for debate on what's going to happen what do you think is going to happen at the grove this year as far as a points battle go
1: well, I think it's going to be it's gonna come down to two things. One, how good is Freddie going to be at the Grove this year, the brand-new car? I Obviously, you know, coming in here um, as a past track champion, he, he looks pretty good there. But what's the, is Danny going to be able to rebound too? Danny, what's Danny Dietrich going to do this year? Uh, I, I feel like that they're going to get their stuff together at the Grove. Uh, I think it's come down between Danny and Freddie for the track championship. Um, you know, here, here's a name I think I might throw out too It's you know, what about, you know, again, Macker, you got you can't overlook. What about Devin Borden? If he gets his, if he could settle down a little bit, I mean, he's brand pretty good at the Grove so far. So, I mean, Borden's not a name to be thrown out of this if he's going to be here all year. And um, I I think that's going to be one to look at. But I really, in my heart of hearts, I think it's going to be the Danny and Freddie show. And that, you know, how awesome those battles get. They get nasty. They get physical. But you know what? Those two respect each other like no one else on the track. And they will go out and put on the show for the fans without a doubt.
0: Yes, as many people know, a grandstand rivalry goes on between those two. But yes, you're absolutely right. I think they're going to put on a great battle. All year long. And then again, the X Factors. Is Macri going to be there all year? Um, You know, Brent Marks was leading a lot of that points uh, last year and then hit the roads and started to travel some. So there's a lot of things that can go on there. But Borden is a great one to talk about, too. He's very young. He's very lead footed, as we know. Um, You know, it's going to be interesting to see if he can perfect his craft and smooth smooth out a little
1: bit yeah i agree and I, I think uh that's the main thing with him is that if he can smooth it out we uh, talked about this so many times like you know if, if he could settle down just a little bit just take a little bit off i know he's had you know that daredevil driving style you know elbows up all the time not afraid to go banging off the boards if he has to but settle down a little bit you settle down. You're going to win races. You know it's it is all the time. You know it, this sport is very it can be high tense. You know, and easier said than done. But settle if you settle down a little bit and just take a second to breathe and think, that can change everything. That can absolutely open up your driving style a little bit and help you get a little bit or help you get a little bit more out of the car when you actually can think about it instead of always having to be elbows up. You know when you breathe for that moment. I feel like that boarding can learn to do that. It's game on for him.
0: Yeah, he reminds me a lot of. Sheldon he really does yes.
1: as far as
0: his aggressiveness and his wanting to blow the walls down every time but look what happened when Sheldon calmed himself down a little bit and figured out you don't always have to do that he started winning races and I think I think we're gonna see the same thing from Devin Borden later on this year I think I think he ends up with at least one win at two different tracks what those tracks are I'm not sure yet but I think we're gonna see some good things from that 27 car.
1: I think the Grove's not a, not a uh, out of the realm of I think he, I think he actually gets a win at all three tracks. I think he gets a win at Port, I think he gets a win down at the Grove, and I think he gets a win at Lincoln. I don't know, maybe Susky, too. I feel like half his cars always run well at Susky, and I feel like that's an air-style track that fits Borden pretty well. Um, you know, Another kid I think we got to look at, too, is Dylan Norris. You know, He hasn't ran too terribly down at Lincoln and always has been starting to get a little more consistent at the Grove. Maybe, maybe he's one to talk about as we get in through this year here, and then and everyone we brought him up a little bit earlier i don't know what their plans are for the entire year but tj Stutz ran fifth of the points last year and has always tied to walter grove especially in the bigger shows yes you know Stutz is another name uh again you know no wins there last year but still it's uh it's another consistency factor here but again you gotta get around guys like uh Raymer and mackery and dietrich and then you know does lucas wolf rebound this year too that's another question uh what's alan Crimes gonna do a 27 car you know that's always, you know, it's always a toss up here with a lot of these guys here. But I think this coming when we get going here on Friday night, where it's going to be you're going to see a lot of your questions being answered, I think, come this Friday night.
0: Yeah. And with Lucas, well, that's a good point. You know, what does he do? Does he run a full schedule of a weekly a weekly track or knowing they have the 360 do we see him do more of a a ryan smith-esque type schedule and go run a lot of 360 shows so it'll be interesting to see what his plans are as far as uh like i said running a weekly show consistently running for points we'll see if he does
1: yeah i feel like friday nights is probably going to be his uh like it'll be probably at the Grove week weekly. I feel like that. Cause he's always been at the Grove weekly, mm-hmm. but um, Saturday nights, I could see him jumping around. Maybe come with us on university a couple nights, or maybe switch back and forth between Lincoln and port. And, you know, he has been running port a little bit more recently on Saturday nights, but I wouldn't be surprised. if Maybe they go take the five W traveling a little bit more. And, you know, now that it is a, a four ten team, maybe they get off the porch a little bit too, and go off and do some different shenanigans throughout the year. So, I mean, you know lucas is not getting any younger so i mean he's only got maybe a, a couple more years of full-on traveling before he's kind of you know locked down in central pa with the kids getting older now and you know want to be there for the kids but also you gotta realize that this is his full-time job too he's a full-time racer so he's gonna be somewhere he's gonna be somewhere almost every weekend i feel like but um if it's not 410s i feel like friday nights are probably gonna be definitely the 410s saturday nights I, I i think it could be open up but well, what that remains to be seen
0: yeah and he could always go out there and pester Davey franick up in new york running ess stuff too he's been known to pop up and and run them and run them shows as well uh so let's go to the big races real quick with these three local tracks let's start with the natty open Macedo picking up the win for the outlaws last year In very dominant fashion, Hemming. That 41 car at the Grove is not a bad pick. Don't ever forget that. Gravel did it the other year, and now Macedo. Do we see Posse pick one off this year?
1: I think the posse do, I think they get at least one outlaw win, but I don't think they win the battle this year at the Grove. It's just a, the outlaws have been, they're in, they're better right now than the posse. We have this up and down all the time, you mm-hmm. know, it's, you know, something, you get those uh, dominant phrases where, you know, it was always Kenzer or shots or whatever, or Sammy going up there, you get wins at the Grove and then the posse would dominate for a couple of years. But now I, I feel like that the outlaws are in their turn right now when the, posse side things come back around i don't know yet i mean i feel like Macri, he's on the verge of the outlaw win you know dietrich and raymer they can go out there and get outlaw wins obviously deweese is you know a, a, an outlaw killer um it's hard to say I, I don't think we're gonna i think we almost gotta revisit that after the, the morgan cup weekend and then see where we're at from there. you know we came in here brad sweet came in got the first win, and then we got swept the rest of the weekend there uh by i think masito he picked up a win on uh on the one night and then, uh, of the Morgan cup. And then who got the other one? Was it No, It wasn't gravel. Was it? Oh, uh, who got the other Morgan cup? I, I'm trying to think. who has got the Morgan cup win, but then the only policy win last year was Brent Marks at the summer nationals, which all right, you do get a crown jewel out of it. You get a, you get a summer nationals win and crown jewel, but they did not look good in any open weekend. You know, Brent Marks was the only bright spot in the, um, pretty much the entire outlaw calendar. And now you add a race at port Royal this year. So, I, I I don't know I, I feel like that the outlaws have just been so good but now remember up at port though outlaws or posse did not now technically they were not under outlaws or or posse banners but you'd have PA car win at port Royal at the New showdown with Spencer basin winning that one but he was uh independent team because the five team was not a outlaw team at the time right and then he had Kerry Matson in his return get a win so you know I I feel like that you know that's saying something that the outlaws were not a factor in those two nights there, um, at Port Royal. I mean, could that be saying that there's a change in coming? Who knows? And then also I feel like that since, uh, you have a Wednesday night show at Port Royal, I think a 57 card might be there as well. So you have to throw his name up there too, as well. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things, I think, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like that the outlaws, I feel like the outlaws are still a little bit better than the posse, but, an outlaw win could come on a PA car, and it got closed last year at the Natty Open with Logan Schuhart Almost, almost came up five laps short yep. on the uh, Natty Open.
0: Yeah, and you brought up the 57, so, of course, Natty Open is one thing that has escaped him so far, and... He is always going to be in contention to take home that $75,000 check. Um, Going back to the Morgan Cup, as you said, I can't believe you didn't remember who won the Morgan Cup after he was presented with a pink bicycle
1: right Rightel. It was till All right, that's right. Rightel got the wind down there. Oh, yes, yeah, so I remember that interview. <laughs> oh, boy. Listen, I had, a we- I had a wedding earlier that day, so maybe that's why it's blocking out of my memory. But yeah, till I mean, that's... I mean, he's not really a factor right now, though. I mean, let's say he out and run full-time. with. But I feel like when he comes in, again, now he's an outsider. Not yes. an outlaw, so. Right. But he's going to be a contender out here because he's been one of those guys that come in and run very, very well at the Grove.
0: Yeah. I Hey, we saw Justin Henderson do it at the Grove last year, too. The one thing about Roysel, you know, we watched shots go through that lull a little bit when they were developing that Ford program and – as of the last half a year to a year, he's looked better and better and better. What's all in this Toyota program again. I think it's just a matter of time till they get everything situated, and then we're gonna see what they can really do with it. But I think an X factor. I think an X factor to pick up a win at the Grove this year is that 83 car. J Mac. I, yeah, I think. That's. He's looked really, really good in that car so far this year.
1: Yeah, he has been, uh, Casey. Uh, you know, that was kind. Of, it's basically, it really is no secret there. That's still a KKR stuff. So, so really, it's kind of the same stuff that he's had underneath him last year, right? In uh, that A three car this year. So it's been no secret that that's kind of been a, a kind of a combination thing there. But yeah, J Mac is uh, J macs looking good. J Mac has looked really good so far at the start of the year, and I, I feel like that. You know, he he was good in nine car last year as well, but I don't know. It just seems like they got a little more up in their step right now in that 83 car. And I I think that, you know, he might be fighting for this championship. I don't know if he will or not, because, you know, it's going to be hard to beat Brad Sweet. But I, I feel like that there's six cars that could possibly win this championship. And he is definitely one of those factors right now. Now, it's all about being consistent and being, I, there, there's a couple places here, and I always say this, and I, I got an argument with somebody about it not too long ago, and I said, listen, you're going to win the championship in Pennsylvania. I mean, Sweet, not really good in Pennsylvania, but that win at Lincoln helped him out a lot last year. But Pennsylvania, you go with Pennsylvania more than anywhere else in the country with the Outlaws. You have to be good in Pennsylvania. And J-Mac has always been good in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. They, they can find a way to get in win at the Grove or even down at Lincoln. or you know, uh, he has, He's ran very well at Port Royal as well. J-Mac is in contention if he can come in and have a good Pennsylvania swing.
0: Oh, yeah. And people kind of forget he used to be in a posse car at one point in time. Um, you know, and looking at the point standings, uh, there's two guys that don't have any wins so far this year, and they're both KKR guys. So it's only a matter of time.
1: It is, and it's going to have to wait and see what, what it plays out here, too. And, you know, I... Like I said, I think it's going to be interesting to see what McFadden does, and I I don't see Kane being too much of a factor this year. Obviously, now he already has some health issues from that wreck of Volusia, where you know he had to sit bow out from the Cotton Bowl, and I don't even think he ran this past weekend. No, um, at uh, Tulare. So, um, you know, California—that's another place where McFadden's going to have to be good at. And you know, Sweet is very good in California, Um, but. That's a hell of a race on Friday night, too. I didn't get to see too much Saturday night, but Friday night, that was a hell of a race
0: out They, were, there. Both, oh they were both really good races. Um, gotta love them California bull rings, I tell you. Um, Elbows up, baby. But before we get to the Outlaws, let's touch on Tuscarora 50 quick. Um, I, you know, I think the All-Stars don't like it. When they show up for the Tusker 50, I mean, Lance has won it how many times, and now Logan Wagner wins it last year after Lance's oil fiasco. Um, I think
1: All-Stars take it this year. Mm. That's tough to say because, you know, there's nothing else. I mean, the closest thing to it is Knoxville Nationals, but there's not much else in Tusker were 50 around here. There really isn't, and, and you know, I, I feel like that, you know, it, that kind of plays in the port Royals guys, uh, hands a little bit better just because they know what the track's going to do when it starts to get that way. And the all-star guys may not, uh, so they can kind of read the track a little bit better. You know, sometimes you may have what it turns out to be towards the end of the, of the race where it might rubber up in the middle or go down bottom or you know, So you still may have a three, four lane track all the way up to the wall. It, it just depends on how the track plays out that night. But I don't know. I th- I think you're wrong on that one. I think it stays in Pennsylvania with that one. And I feel like that's either going to be Deweese or Logan gets out there. But I'm leaning more towards Deweese. Deweese had that one in the bag before the the oil line blew on that on the 69K. So I wouldn't be surprised. I think, what, that would be number eight for Lance? Yeah.
0: Yeah, which is incredible. I only say... I think it's going to Sunshine. I really do. He's so good on these bigger tracks. Look at how well he runs Eldora. And I think Port has a lot of characteristics that are similar to Eldora. Um, and he runs very well at Port. And I think it's only going to be a matter of time until he gets better than what he already is. Um, you know, just look at what he did this past year once he finally got that win with the All-Stars. And boom, it just set a blaze. I think he could be the one to spoil the party, but I'm not against saying it's not going to be a Lancer-Logan thing. And you know what? Who knows? Maybe we see uh, Mike Wagner pull one off here too. It's It's always
1: up in the air. Boy, would that not be awesome to see somebody like Mike Wagner? Like, let's be honest here. I mean, they, they're they don't have the money behind Mike as they do Logan. But my God, would that not be? I, listen, it was a it was a shit show last year when Mike, when Logan won and Mike won that. Oh my God, they're gonna they think they have problems in Port Royal with camping now. Mike Wagner wins that they're gonna they're gonna be evicted from the city the town of Port Royal.
0: Well, they may rename it Mike Wagner Day in Port Royal if that were to happen. So. <laughs> okay. Too. They're going to have to, yep. Yeah. Uh, let's go over to Lincoln and their big one, the Dirt Classic. You know, Peck took it last year with the All-Stars. Um, I don't know. I kind of think Zeb Wise might be the guy here or even a Brent Marks that night. What do you think?
1: Uh, I feel like, you know, it, I think Peck could do it again. Uh, Peck's been running very well. Like, remember, he had two wins on our last year. He got a Speed Week win, and then he also had uh, – um, he also had their classic down there, too. So Peck's run very well down at Lincoln. Uh, so, I mean, if he gets a good draw, again, it all depends on the draw. And I, I think they're still doing the double heat format, which, yeah get rid of that. Get rid of the double heat format. I'm not it's a, a fan. It's a decent format. I'm not either. It just drags an eye on way too long. Way, way too long. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be that long to begin with. And I think if you go to a single heat format, you want to do passing points, go for it. But then, you know, take qualifying out, go passing points format. If you want to change the upload of it, give that a shot. You know, that's the double heat format. It just, it tears the track up way too much. And that's not, that's not what Lincoln needs to look like. Lincoln needs to look like what it's done the last couple of weeks here. And it's been two, three lanes up to the wall. Um, you can run down the bottom there and, you know, even for daylight services and, you know, that's just too much racing on the track and it's just drags night on. But I I think you look at a guy like sunshine for down at Lincoln as well. You know, his small track program has gotten better. You know, you see a lot of them on the Ohio uh, swings. Um, and that's where the all-stars are based out of in the Midwest, uh, as well, where he kind of pulled away from last year. So sunshine's, I think a good option there. don't count on license as well. Corey's always ran pretty well in here in PA, um, for the dirt classic. Um, uh, then again, you got to look at Wednesday. Dietrich. Dietrich's going to get at their classic. When's that going to happen? He's still going to get at their classic. Then you have Freddie, who has a couple of them. Um, you know, Lance is going to be in a factor for it, too. So, you know, I, I wouldn't mind saying that it might be an all star win this year, but also the PA guys, they're going to be tough. But I would be shocked to see Peck go out and get their win down there uh, yeah. at get their classic again.
0: Yeah, and, and even think, you know, is a guy like Kofoid going to be in town for these races too? You
1: know, oh, Buddy, as long as USAC Midgets aren't running, I think Buddy will probably be in. Or you sack, uh the National Series.
0: Well, he's running both. He's running Midgets and he's running wingless sprints. I don't know that they're running for points in the wingless sprint, but, um, you know, that car is wicked fast when it's on the track. So there's always that possibility as well. We saw Gio one with that car on a prelim night of the Natty Open the other year there's always that chance too
1: yeah bernie has got his stuff figured out with that IndyCar car in pa he absolutely does and you know he's got good young talent and he's got good backing, and as you said you know you had Gio in the car and then you had uh now you have a uh, buddy in the car as well and that's good young talent there and buddy didn't look too terrible he was in here earlier to start or start this year here so um i wouldn't i wouldn't count him out on that as well
0: no, he for a guy who doesn't have a whole lot of laps. I mean, he's got some, but he doesn't have a whole lot of wing car laps as far as a four ten goes. He hasn't looked too bad. Mm-mm. So let's move on to the national stuff. Uh, Outlaws, man, it's looking kind of funky because there's two names I was expecting to be in the top five of points already this year that are not, and that is your sixth and seventh place guys and Donny Shots. And Logan Schuhart.
1: Yeah, Logan is kind of surprising for me. Honestly, uh, I I was expecting him to have a better start to the season, but they have not. But Donny Donny's not having a good start to the year, and I, I picked him to be you know a fighting Brad for this championship, and he's it, it hasn't really came up yet. To be honest, with you. I mean he does have the one win so far um, this year, but still it's. It's not been a, a typical Donnie Shots type starter to this year and he had this last year as well. So I mean, is this gonna be another time where all right, well maybe Donnie do be sort of question about how much longer does Donny Shots have in World of Outlaw Tour? Is he starting to fall off? But the season's still very young yet. And I, I feel like that, you know, he's gonna catch on at some point then. But if he doesn't catch on by I don't know, let's say by the uh, month of money in July and August, I think we really, really have to start questioning how much longer Donnie Shots is going to be on this tour.
0: Right. I mean, they only have 12 to 14 touring guys committed for the year. So, you know, when, depending on When they come out here to Central PA, yeah, they got to worry about our house, guys. California, they have theirs. Ohio's got some. But depending on where they go, they're kind of just fighting amongst themselves. So they're still going to get quality finishes, I think. It's just a matter of those bad nights. Donnie, unfortunately, had a Tommy tip over on Saturday night at Tolaire. So that put him at the rear of the feature. Um, You know, and Logan, man... I've watched a lot of the Outlaw stuff so far this year. He hasn't timed the greatest. He hasn't pulled back through his heat races the greatest. And just has kind of been there. He's only got two top fives in seven races. You know, we have Gravel leading with six top fives, which is immaculate. But, uh, you know, when's the tide going to turn? I think Jacob's timed better than Logan has so far this year.
1: Yeah, every race, it seems like, or Jacob is timed so much better than Logan Watt. Wow, I, think, I think he has one fast time for, uh, for sure. He might have two, I yeah, think. Yeah, he might have two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he has two fast times already, and that's and that's where you know it puts Jacob in a good position to dash, and then Logan's got to come up and try and get hard charge every night. And that's that's not how you win this. That's how you get behind pretty quick, and uh, they they're gonna have to get something going here because you know two top fives to start the year off with four you know four top tens. I mean, in seven starts, that's not great. That really is, and that's not championship caliber numbers right now um for them and they really got to get their their act together here if you're going to go up there and get gravel and get sweet be in contention like this um I, I think they will at some point they'll find their groove and all that but logan's just it's got to start he's got to time better he hasn't timed better or time really well the last couple seasons and uh you know it, it, he's got to get that figured out now or else i don't know how shark ever wins a championship if they don't figure out their timing
0: yeah and i mean There are seven races in. Gravel's at a little over 1,000 points. Logan's already more than 100 points back, and that's not a good position to be in. I do like Gravel and Sheldon sitting there at third right now. I do think those guys are going to be the ones to pester Brad from getting that fourth title in a row. I think those two are going to be the pains that Brad's going to have to deal
1: with all year. How long have we been waiting for Sheldon to finally break out and have that consistent season? Yeah, and Could this be the start of it?
0: Hey, he's got two wins and seven starts. Um, Six top tens. Yeah, we still haven't hit his favorite tracks yet either.
1: No. That's the scary part. No, but but they've been very consistent. They looked very well at Cotton Bowl. They looked, uh, you know, that that was a track that, you know, he hasn't really been too great at, but, you know, he found something on the high line. And again, it's the same dude we talked about, Devin Borden. Settle yourself down, calm down, think about it for a little bit. You know, obviously, you know, he is the son of the wild child, but sometimes you got to tame that wild child. And if he if he tames that wild child, uh, yeah, Sheldon's going to be in this fight here. I, I think Brad is going to, you know, he's going to get his stuff together here because unless Gravel loses that consistency he's had, Gravel hasn't really been this consistent this year off recently. And that's what kind of helped sweet pull away from, and then it also helps that Donnie's been kind of falling off as well. So, you know, I, I still think you can't count on Mesito. you can't count on that top five right now on points. Any one of those guys can win, win that championship right now. i still don't count out Donnie. And he, I don't, I think Logan, they could still get that together. There's still a lot of time left. You know, you're only seven races in through a 92 race schedule. So, um, there, there's a lot of time to figure stuff out yet here, but these early season races, it's kind of like baseball. You know, uh, wins in April and May can help you out come September and October, yes, without a doubt. And that, that's where it's kind of here. You February and March will help you out come October, November.
0: Yeah, and I think Sheldon starting off the year with that amazing victory at Volusia, I think, oh, that was awesome, has set the tone for that team going forward. It's look, I, look, look what we can do.
1: So let's go and do yeah, it. Yeah, and they, they were I mean they they fought back too and you know to pull that move that they did. You know, when I thought when I saw Bragg at the lead, I'm like, all right, this race gotta be over. But then Sheldon, he put that thing hammered down the high side and went full uh, Titanic uh, uh song on him off a of turn number four on gravel and uh, his heart his heart will go on and that was just absolutely awesome to see off the turn four there. Yeah. And you know, I was gonna
0: touch on rookie of the year, but with Casey Kane's health issues, as you mentioned, I think Unless something horribly makes a right-hand turn, I think Spencer Baston is going to end up taking the cake as far as the rookie of the year goes. He's looked really good, had that misstep on Friday night that may have cost him the win ultimately, but he was on the pole again Saturday. So I think we're going to find them strides where that five car looks really, really stout too.
1: Yeah, and I, I think, you know, he's also been another guy that's been very good in in Pennsylvania here, too. He's been good everywhere, and that's good equipment with that CJB car. They're coming back strong here. You know, it always ran good with Brent in the car and, you know, with uh, when they had Paul in the car as well. So, you know, it's it's definitely a good fit there for Spencer, I think, and it's around good people as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Spencer, he's probably going to win Rookie of the Year as well. Um, as you said, unless somebody like Noah Gas gets it together, uh, what's going to happen with Casey Kane? We don't know all that uh, situations just yet, but it's still, I mean, Spencer is very, very good. He's got a good young talent behind him here, and he knows how to win. He knows how to get that together. That was shocked me how he uh, spun on uh, Friday night when I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting to win out him, but I wasn't expecting him to to spin out the way he did, though, on his own. He really does that
0: no no i uh, normally in the professionals as we call them you don't normally see things like that but uh he'll bounce back and i'm sure we you know you know he picked up a win last year in ohio and that's very well possible that we see that again this year this royal yep exactly so uh let's move to all-stars uh I, I think it's kind of the usual suspects again you know we have sunshine elias and schoenberg zeb wise uh i was surprised to not see Baylog and cap henry in florida but um well those
1: aren't those aren't point shows though so they were non-point okay okay so that explains it so like that's the reason why reinhardt didn't go down as well kyle reinhardt's on the tour this year as well right but yeah so that's why they didn't go down there was non-point shows
0: okay well that makes more sense um I think the one who's going to be a pain in the ass this year is going to be 100%. I think they learned a lot last year, picked up that victory, and uh, I think he may give, uh, I think Sunshine takes it, but I think 100% gives it a run for his money.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I can agree with that. I think I think Schoenberg's going to be given something. But how do you go against Sunshine right now? I mean, he's kind of shocked the world. Like, nobody expected him to do what he did last year in his first full wing season. And he goes out and wins the All-Stars and went on that tear throughout the summer. You know, it's awesome to see something like that kind of be a pleasant surprise. And uh, I that's what kind of gives me hope for guys like KTJ and Wyndham with, with KTJ around in the series. You know, who's to say that they're not going to get on a hot streak, but Sunshine just has some natural talent behind him right now. And he's just, he's driving so smooth and so well and a lot of tracks. He's probably never really seen before. And he goes out and he's been winning on them. And, you know, in a car that he doesn't have that much, he has some winning experience going to last year, but he didn't have all that much. He wasn't my pick on last year. I took Elias and I said, it was a championship to lose and sunshine. made me look like a fool. So it's <laughs> not, it's not hard to do, but I, I still think, you know, yeah, Sunshine. I I don't know. Peck just doesn't seem like they have it to start the year, and they they didn't really have it last year either. Um, I mean, they're going to be good for a couple wins. Uh, Schoenberg, I think. Well, I think he's going to get a couple wins here. That should be fun with them. Uh, maybe put up more of a fight on a uh, on to uh, Sunshine, but Tyler Courtney, I, I'd feel like. I might be jinxing him here, but he might be the new Aaron Reitzel of the series.
0: I think you're right. I, You know, looking at the stats from last year, so Courtney and Elias are the only ones to make all 48 features. Interesting enough, Sunshine had nine more top fives than Elias, and that is your point difference right there. That's, that's the cake. Yep. But I also – I'm fully belief that – Tyler Courtney has a BC on the side of his car for a reason, similar to oh Emerson God, yeah. Axum's success so far this year with USAC um, it's that BC riding along thing, I was a BC fan, and will always be one, I think that's got something to do with it, and no one expected him to take home $175,000 either last year, let's don't forget that no, not
1: at all, and uh, the Royal race is awesome, I, I think that's when we realized okay, we have something here with Sunshine and I think the way he drove that race too in the daylight nonetheless, yeah um yeah and that and and a fantastic race at Eldora. um yeah nobody i don't think anyone really had sunshine going out there winning but he proved us all wrong but he's always been good at Eldora in with a wingless car in a wing car you know it's he just he rode drove his race here you know it he might have learned something a little bit maybe when it slipped off the way he did but i tell you i remember we had tim clausen on that show there and uh on the show after uh sunshine won and you know He was just so emotional on over there. It it was such a good conversation we had there. But you're you're right. It's a whole riding with BC thing and how much BC meant to Sunshine. And basically, that's why we call it Sunshine, because of BC. And I think it also, you're right. It may attribute to Emerson Axum as well. What what a sound that kid's becoming. You know, I I think that the start that he had down in Florida for somebody who's never really been inside a wingless 410 car, and he went down and did fantastic at Bubba's now granted you know the services haven't been as great down at Bubba's right. uh, was it wasn't the first time Friday night was it wasn't that great sa- or, or Thursday night it wasn't that great Saturday night it was pretty good um but yeah I, I think you know Emerson he's gonna be a factor to uh, go with this year on the USAC side of things when we get there but yeah Sunshine uh yeah, it's going to be – I think it's going to be really tough to be Sunshine Casey.
0: Yeah, and don't forget, Emerson Axon wants to go World About Law race, and that's his goal. Uh, the world should be put on notice. He will be a factor uh, when that day comes, so don't forget that. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I think we're both in agreement. I think Sunshine takes it uh, with the All-Stars. Uh, let's go – local urc stuff so you know you're our resident urc guy on the show what's uh what's new for 2022
1: well we got a lot of uh we got a lot of big things coming up here for 2022 uh you know we increased races up to uh 20 races this year and uh it's a it's a very very uh very good schedule um you know we're going back to places like new egypt i'm looking forward to that so much uh you know people want us to get back down here obviously we're going back to places like Bridgeport Big Diamond can't wait to go there but we have some new tracks on the schedule that we are having uh got to yet um you know, we're going to hit up Winchester in May. Uh, that's always been a fun track. East Coast has been down there a couple times. Uh, looking forward to that, as well as we got added on back in January uh, with the World of Outlaw Case uh, Late Model Series up at Orange County on the Friday night in uh, June. So that's one I have circled pretty much on because I love Orange County. And I always thought that spring cars race very, very well up there. But you. We have a really good schedule. Obviously, we go to places like Bridgeport, uh, as I said, Big Diamond, Grandview. We're going back to Grandview this year. Port Royal, uh, the Grove, Seals Grove. are there a couple times, of course, for the 360 National Open, the Kramer Cup. Um, you know, then we're back down Georgetown as well. So we got a really, really good schedule this year. And I, I feel like that. You know, we saw a lot of good racing last year with our guys. I always go back to when we went had the uh, the Cumberland uh, Bedford weekend. And it was, um, you know, we only had 13 cars there, but that was a lot of fun, especially on the, the, uh, the Saturday night down in Cumberland. See Pat Cannon go out and get his first win in six years. That was freaking awesome mm-hmm. to watch Pat Cannon go out and do that. Um, you know, that, that's always fun. Delaware International, we're looking forward to get back down there as well. Uh, Of course, you know, we bring the rain with us everywhere we go, it seems like. But uh, hopefully uh, Delaware, they got new ownership and they're going to Friday nights. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully they have a good year down there. And then uh, also we're making our our first trip to Clinton County this year as well. That's been a track that we've been – that's been on the – up the last couple of years. You know, they had that big turnout for that 410 show last year when – you guys a big diamond and they did that weekend when uh the 410s were in knoxville and you know obviously unfortunately it sucks for you guys because of the weather out here and you know it kind of scared everyone away but Clint county rebounded nice i think they had over 30 some cars out there at night um so that's one we're looking forward to as well and uh Bloomsburg, we're there a couple times this year, but, uh, yeah, we, we got a really, really nice, and, uh, there's a lot of good tracks, and we're with a lot of good events, and we have a lot of good drivers, too, uh, you know, you're gonna have your usual suspects, Alice Shaw, Ryan Stillwagon, uh, which, by the way, congrats to Ryan, uh, new dad, as well, so congrats to Ryan on that, um, uh, you have Jason Schultz, He's probably he's going to be running with us this year. Uh, Weller, uh, you know you're going to have Andy Bass with us as well. You know who's always been pretty pretty good, pretty consistent as well. Then you have you know guys that will come in there and try and sneak a win out of you, like uh, uh, T. Ross, like you did down at Georgetown and Josh Weller. And then you have uh, you know you have Jay, or, uh, Macri and ryan smith who came out here got wins with us last year too and you know you can't carry out adam carberry who's a past champion as yeah. well uh on this series so you know it, it's there's a lot of new but there's a lot of old and it's gonna be really it's interesting to see how they clash come up this year
0: yeah and don't forget those two pesky older gentlemen they like to show up and take people's money uh you know mr Mach one chassis himself and of course no panic uh makes everyone panic when he shows up, so there's always that possibility, too. Um, and even when Robbie shows up, I always love it when Diamond's on the schedule, Robbie shows up. Uh, lots of fun when the 89 comes
1: back out to play, too. Yeah, he was fun to watch a big Diamond this past year. He was a lot of fun, especially for, what, I think, that was his first race in the... Um i think that was his first race all year i think yeah. since he end the last year mm-hmm. and he goes out wins the damn thing, big diamond and uh yeah mark smith you know again another one that you know he always shows up he's always good a fu- uh, good one to watch as well there's a lot of deep talent in the 360 don't you know pa is known for their 410 side thing, but don't count out these 360s and you know you have some guys that come around with the 358s as well and they're just as good they're just as competitive uh you know depending on the track here but 360s are just as good as what 410 racing is in Central PA, and it's just as strong as what it is right now. I, I feel like you know, it, it. We just need a little bit of help with the weather on some things, uh, and obviously the schedules need to work out as well. But you know, if we can get you know for 360s in Central PA, if we can get you know somewhere around 20 to 20 25 cars a night, I'm satisfied with that because then you know. You know, you got some good guys coming in. You get some four ten guys. Hell, you know, I, I was surprised that last year, uh, Big Diamond, when we pulled, uh, we pulled Ryan Smith, and we pulled uh, guys like Joe Cotta. Joe Cotta came down yep. from New York. Had uh, Joe runs with us all uh, a bunch. But then they also pulled T Ross as well. Tyler Ross came down with us uh, as well and said run four tens that night. You know, that's that's awesome to see that. That's what they think of this series, and it's only growing. You know, it, it, when I jumped on here, I knew you know it we can rebuild this series and make it make the club something great and I, I feel like it's going to take a couple of years. Now we went back up on races. You know, we had over 10 races last year rained out of our 20 race schedule. Now we added five more this year. Our driver wanted more races. We gave them what they wanted. We got five more races on the schedule this year. And I feel like 25 races is a good schedule for a traveling series around here. You know, it's, it's still kind of a, a, an economy series in a way. Obviously with sprint cars, you know, it's not really racing's not an economy series, but you can still travel and not still be in your bed almost every single night, though, too.
0: Well, and I think the cool part about the schedule, too, is it's not heavy into Delaware. It's not heavy into Jersey. Of course, you have PA, but it's based in, you know, that's what it's always been around. But it's the eclectic variety of tracks you have where you're not hitting all, they're all half miles. Oh, they're all small tracks. No, it's a big-ass variety across the board. It's almost... You know, until you get into the Western PA, it's almost like you hit every track you could possibly hit in Pennsylvania, which is awesome to see. So you're spreading that URC brand everywhere. Two modified tracks, two sprint car tracks. You know, going up and running with the late models is going to be freaking awesome. That's going to be a great show. I... Hope to be in attendance, Um, but there is going to be all kinds of things that are going on, which is awesome to see. And, you know, some people don't necessarily want to see a 410 sprint car race or else they would go to central PA, but. I've seen people enjoy 305s and 360s as a good supporting division to what they're used to watching that night. And they put on a great show. So, yeah, and don't forget, you also have some of these guys, too, that run East Coast that also potentially put the wing on as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I think guys like uh, Joey Amantia, he comes out, runs the wing on, uh, wing on every now and then. Briggs Danner put on a hell of a run last year at Bridgeport. Yep, uh, He was up fighting for a lead uh, a good bit there. We know how good Briggs is. Alex Bright as well. Yeah, You have your two top guys in USAC East Coast uh, who are two of the best wingless talents that we have in Central PA and are growing to be names in the country to be reckoned with. And they're running with us a good bit here too. Uh, you can throw out, uh, I think Damon Paul, he threw the wing on last year yes. uh, down at Bridgeport as well. Uh, you know, there it's kind of there's a nice crossover. There's a really nice crossover between USAC East Coast and URC, and you know it's always fun to see that. And uh, I, I hope we can get all like kind of work together and get a good schedule for both of us that we could have our driver or both drivers run both series more. Maybe even team up a little bit more here too. Because it's always it's always fun when you get the best of both worlds. I feel like and the 360's wingless series has been so competitive and just a really fun thing to watch in Central PA. Um, and you know, I'm. Uh, you know, it's, it's always good to see whenever that crossover go going. when our guy, excuse me, whenever our guys take the wing off and vice versa. So, I hope to see more of that as we go on in the future, but yeah, you're right. There, there's so much diversity in here. You know, I wish, I hope we can get back, you know, add some more tracks on Maybe next year, you know, maybe get a place like path Valley come back on Get another small bull ring on yeah. it, get a, uh, you know, get a, get Lincoln and seal or Susky back on. I would love to get back down there. Hopefully you can work something out. Maybe even this year though, maybe get a, a later date or something like that down Lincoln or Susky or even next year, try and get that those on there. But I feel like that, you know, our schedule this year, it's it's an aggressive schedule, but it's a very diverse schedule as well. That You're right, Casey. I mean, there you can't go wrong with this. And we're in store for a lot of great racing this year, I feel like with us.
0: You know, two places I would love to see what a spring car looks like. Can't say I've ever seen a spring car on these two places. That is Afton and Accord. And those two small bull rings, I think a 410 would be a lot. I mean, hey, but we saw four tens at Goodstown, but and that was awesome. One th- by a
1: three sixty, by the way.
0: Yeah, Won by a three sixty. There were a lot of three sixties and some three oh fives there, but I think three sixties themselves at a place like Afton or Accord would actually be really, really good show. Uh it's just throwing it out there. I know they run the Northeast wingless sprints at Accord, and those are three sixties, so might be something there. Uh-
1: I would love i love to see that if we go up to Afton or Accord. I, I love you know the bull ring up there Accord is such a fun little track. Afton I haven't been to, but uh I heard there's a lot of good racing up there as well. Uh one track I would love to get to and I know they run the ESS up there, Woodhall. Yeah. I would love to get us up to Woodhall. Oh my god, it's a it's a mini grove. It's a mini Williams Grove. And oh I would I need to go see a modified race up there, but I would kill for us to go to Woodhall sometime.
0: Well, if you're off on a Saturday night and ESS or Patriots are at Woodhall, we're gonna go and we'll see modifieds I'm and sprints it. the same night. I went there one time and Patriots were there. And let me tell you, Gerard McIntyre was leading that thing going into three and you couldn't see him until he came out of four because they were up over the the berm and no panic ran him down ended up picking up the win that night that was absolutely an insane sprint car feature put it on your schedule we're gonna go this year all
1: right i'll look, I'll look it up see what it is as long as i don't have a urc day or something like that on there yeah. we'll do it we'll check okay.
0: it's uh it's a wild scene up there but yeah definitely
1: you have to check that out. It's, it's a mini Williams Grove. It, it looks so badass. Like, I love seeing, you know, whenever the, the or Dale highlights come out or whatever it is on, or the Saturday night highlights come out. You know, that, that place just looks so badass. The high bank, the short corners, it's... It looks awesome. I would love to get this up there, and I, I'm I'm putting this out there too. I'm not opposed to working with series like ESS or Patriots. I love to try and get a challenge if we can make it happen between New York and Pennsylvania track because you're not gonna or series because the only way you grow is by working together. You you lose you lose by dividing each other and not working with each other. So I'm always open to working with every you know everyone that we can to try and make this better for everyone involved. Because then when everyone works together, everyone wins. Right, and
0: that's that's the name of the game and, you know, I respect the All-Stars and Outlaws for what they're able to do. I hear Johnny Gibson mention All-Stars a lot. I hear Blake Anderson mention the Outlaws a lot, and that's a good thing. You don't thing. hear lin ball side things, do you? Exactly. I mean, I'm sure there's politics in the background that's happened in the past and probably will happen in the future, but for they make it at least look good to the public, and that's the key and I wish everyone would end up doing that but i'm out of my mind on that thought but no um you know the whole thing with ascs isn't happening this year right right correct. so right there would be a perfect opportunity to do some kind of combo show you know Steelens grove isn't very far from new york and see what happens but um you know i know the patriots and ess play nice together for I think it was the Cole Cup at Utica Rome last year. <laughs> so, you know, there's always potential for uh, for something to happen there. But um, no, I like this schedule. Well, be, it looks real good.
1: Well, that'd be fun, you know, as I you know, look here, you know, we have, do have the battles of, Battle of the Groves are still on the schedule. They're just not ASDS. So maybe in the future we can get that to be like maybe a Patriot ESS type, you know, challenge series. And we go to New York for two nights or something like that, you know, do do something like that. I think, you know, we could work, works on now in the future but uh yeah you have to work together in order to be successful and you're right you know i mean but i have heard more this year about um you know esselman mentioned lucas oil guys on uh yes on the outlaw broadcast and you know i've heard Essex mention outlaws a couple times on the broadcast so maybe they're starting to get together so now we just need to trickle down to one more series and now maybe we can uh, sing kubaya but well, I'm, my, I'm not holding my
0: breath on that one. They've kind of had to, considering how much Brandon Shepard has dominated Lucas Oil so far this year, so that they they couldn't just say, oh, this guy. No, he's done a lot of things recently, <laughs> just not with you. <laughs> yeah you just
1: you can't you cannot not mention Bishop you cannot
0: no and you can't ignore he's won how many uh, World of Outlaw titles yeah you can't fail to mention Uh that so
1: was it I think (laughs) five or six yeah yeah Yeah, you can't fail to mention that no he's one of the best late model drivers of our generation right now and it's so fun to be able to watch what he does, and he's a good dude. I really like Beachup, and uh, you know, I've re- you know, I everyone does hate a winner, but when you go up and talk to these guys too, you know, it, it's a lot of fun to get to know them as well. And I got to know, you know, just talked to Beachup one time, and you know what, pretty badass dude, pretty cool yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's it's all you change your perspective on those guys as well.
0: Hey, I, it's one of them things, man. I try and tell everyone that. <laughs> isn't in our position in this sport i try and tell them like this is an opportunity for you to go meet these guys afterwards go in the pits and talk to them they're human beings 99 of them aren't assholes they're not what you would think oh this guy you know drives aggressively on the track oh my god he's probably like this big scary guy most times it's not the case you know i wanna right. you know I- I went up to downtown Michael Brown when he was at port for the, the, uh, Lucas Welsh, I think it was. And I asked him for a shirt and he's like, oh man, I'll have any with me. He's like, shoot me a message on Facebook. I'll send you one when I get home. Like, he don't know me. Like, you don't have to do that. Yeah, And you know, these guys are approachable and you know, you're not the only one talking to them. So it's not like they've never experienced you before.
1: Exactly. And, you know, one guy I look at is like Kyle Larson, you know, uh, as much as I am Tired of seeing Kyle Larson win? Yeah, I love it because then you go down and see the true guy that he is. He's there as late as he possibly can be. He's signing almost every autograph for everybody, taking pictures, talking to people. You know, he does. He doesn't have to give me the time of day to go do an interview, or he doesn't have to, you know, sign autographs for these people. But he does it, and it's so awesome to see that. That's a NASCAR Cup Series champion that is down there signing autographs for the kids. That will be fans of his growing up, and bring and you know adults that will bring their kids to him to to meet him at some point. and that's going to bring the next generation in, and that stuff sticks with you forever, and that is what is so cool, and that's why I do I love and respect Kyle Larson to no end, you know, for what he does for this sport because he knows how important he is in the sport, and he gives back to it as well, and that is such a badass thing.
0: Well, exactly. And that's like, you know, seeing Brexton Bush ran shell hammers last year and Kyle was there. Like, no one knows shell hammers. Like, no one in California knows what shell hammers is. Like, that's freaking cool. You know, that's yeah. our backyard and there's a cup champion standing there. Like, no way. But that's where Millbridge is so huge and it's become such a uh an inner change for this whole sport because now all these cup guys are there helping their kids and they're racing against other kids who don't have cup drivers for dads and they're being able to integrate you know their blue collar lifestyle with what these guys have and it's all intertwining and it's becoming a big thing now and you know it's uh it's helping the dirt world
1: grow a lot yeah it is and it's the best it's one of the greatest things i think right now you know you see how big that you know the the low like the tulsa Shootout's has gotten over the last couple yes. of years and you see what Millbridge the exposure that's brought in the last few years you know those are big to become a big time places now and that's where the next generation comes up and you know now you see guys like that you may notice from that may have been like you know a no name to you a couple of years ago right but now like oh i've seen this guy run at the uh, tulsa shootout or i've seen this guy run down at millbridge well now they're coming in running Lanco and uh lindas and you know around Shellhammers hammers or could sound they're coming in here now to run with pennsylvania guys and then you kind of put a face to the name and like okay well you know then you can kind of build off that town and that's what becomes fans and then you follow them and then you know it just keeps growing and that's you're it's such a vital part of the sport and i love the exposure that micro race is getting right now hell kyle bushy he, kyle Bush won a damn micro race on, or last week oh yeah him and his and and kid
0: both won the same night i was awesome <laughs> Um, uh, but no, you know, to your point, I remember Ryan Timms, who's now running midgets. He was in town for the 600 speed week and everyone kind of picked on him cause he had this ginormous hauler and, and trailer. And it was like, what in the world is this? Uh, you know, and Jason Pursley came into town running the 600 speed week. So yeah, we're, uh, we're seeing some national exposure and, and, uh, it's going to keep growing, which is the greatest thing.
1: You know, what everyone's saying about the world right now, everyone's putting out doom and gloom, like, oh, my God, things are going to drop this and that. Listen, racing's going to be – racing's fine. Everything's going to be fine. You go through these ups and downs. You have these peaks and valleys. You know, everyone thought the world was ending back in 2008, you know, when everything was crashing away around us. It's all going to be fine. We're going to be bouncing back right now. Racing is almost as strong as it's ever been, and we're – what we got right now in talent – is the best in the country it may not be the best car counts or whatever but we got the best talent around here and i i will fight anyone to the death on that one there because we got a lot of great drivers around here that will keep the sport going for as long as they possibly can be And there you look at the micro ranks and all that and the people that are going to be lucky enough to come up here they're going to keep the sport going for a while as well
0: yeah and you know i get it gas prices are outrageous if you can't make it to the track you know you got flow you got dirt vision you've got dirt track digest tv you got sprint car unlimited tv there's all these different ways of watching races now and and there's plenty of it here's the thing too
1: casey the place the races that are going on They pay well, they're paying enough that, you know, you can at least go and you you may not break even at the end of the night, but at least you're not going to take a massive hit in the wallet, you know, most weekly now, you know, most places are paying pretty decent weekly races, you know, and. Cash prices—they're going to come down. they they always do. You know, people are up in this. You know, oh my God, this is it. You know, and like as I said earlier, but they're going to come down. Everyone thought they were—they weren't going to come down. Two thousand eight. They're—they're going to come down. It's—I mean, you saw oils down what under hundred dollars a barrel today. So, you yeah. know, whenever they stop being greedy and making up their losses from twenty twenty or whatever, it'll—it will come back down. Everything's going to be fine. It's just you know you got to go with the peace and value of the world. But yeah, it's everything's gonna be fine and like i said i I don't think you may see a little bit of drop off on car count but i think you're gonna see a, a tremendous drop off on car count really honestly this no. year unless something drastic happens
0: yeah well we'll it on this note what is it they told us in kindergarten what goes up must come down <laughs> mm-hmm. so yep. there you go and what goes down must come up yeah exactly but uh no i appreciate you having you on once again uh, check out high side hustle on facebook live on thursday nights at eight o'clock
1: seven 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 o'clock yeah moods seven oh. so i can get to bed so i can get the bed a little bit earlier because i'm an old man now
0: oh, that's what it is
1: who you got on this week that's what I uh well right now uh we just uh we just booked geo salesy so he's gonna be on on uh uh thursday night uh we're actually gonna record that interview uh tomorrow night on tuesday night uh so looking forward to have geo on and then uh we're doing a uh a uh, national uh march's national women's history month and uh so last uh Last week I had the great Georgia Hennaberry on, which was awesome. I really hope people can go back and watch or listen to that. Um, and so we're going to uh, still trying to figure out who we're going to have on this week for that segment, but we're going to do that for the rest of the month of March. Um, and, yeah. Uh, It's going to be a, uh, it's always fun to do that. I love doing it with Adam Rubright and Chris Graham. And, you know, it's been such a blessing uh, to find uh, a greener pasture, honestly, Casey. And, uh, you know, to be able to call you a friend as well. And, you know, even on the URC side of things, you know, I I look back at this time last year and I was so confused on what a lot of things were going to go on. Yeah. And now I, I, they've been calling me the voice of the United Racing Club. And that's a, that's a title that I, you know, I I, kind of shy away from because, you know, I I don't want to, seem like it's kind of selfish but you know in a way that's pretty damn awesome to have that title and to be able to call a, a united racing club you know my home it's uh it's a badass thing and i you know i'm blessed to be where i'm at right now and to uh see what um see what everything's transpired into what everything's going to grow into and man i tell you what this is this has been a fun ride until it's only starting out here but
0: yeah I, I it's not you calling yourself that someone else called you that right Oh,
1: I think it started with Casey, and then, you know, you know, you really, you know, you really hit the pinnacle there when you hear Barry Angas say uh, the voice of the United Racing Club. Like, well, apparently they're calling me that now, Barry. I didn't. I guess that's what they're calling me. And yeah. then, you know, you think back to is that when you hear Chris Moore calling you, that is like, nah, does it really hold anything. <laughs> I love you, Chris. I love you, buddy. <laughs> you gotta ask
0: Gio Selzy a question for me when you have him on. I'm always curious about you this. All stars always list his name as Gio Selzy on the television, everything. Outlaws Giovanni Salzi. It's always been it's always been that way and I don't know why. So it's I'm curious if he's got a preference or what's the deal there. But to a non-racing fan, they could think it's two different people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah it. let me write that down real quick so I can ask him that tomorrow. Uh,
0: yeah, Johnny Gibson always calls him Giovanni Salzi, and Blake no, and always sauce, calls dude, him... I,
1: I, oh, yeah, and a hot I, sauce. I, 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 so I thought like it was a weird-ass nickname <laughs> until he put the shirt out. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, you must like it, so whatever. He's such... I love Gio. He's such a cool uh such a cool dude
0: oh yeah he was walking around at uh the Tusky and he had his shades on and he he was, in, he was in really discreet and he was walking in front of me and my wife noticed it was him so I waited till he stopped and I was like are you trying to be incognito he goes yeah but it's not working out very well <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh my god, he's such a fun dude. So when I was with the old, the old show, we, because uh, he's, you know, obviously he was under twenty one yet. and Now actually, we we say that's what gave him the propel to go out win. So we had him on the old show, and then we took him a case of birch beer because obviously he couldn't drink, that's so we took him a case funny. of birch beer.
0: That's good. Hey, that's that straight was, up PA. That's good stuff right there.
1: It was PA Dutch, too. It was a PA Dutch brand.
0: That's good. All right, man. Well, uh, I'll catch up with you this weekend on Friday, hopefully Saturday, and uh, definitely Sunday. So I'll be seeing you around.
1: All right, Casey. We'll see you on the Hill on Friday night, but All right. Take care, bud. All right. Take care, man. Thanks for having me.